from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. I really just want to be the sleepy time bear from the sleepy time tea box. <laughs> Because he has a little hat and a little hot drink. And I think he has a pet, even. He's just got it worked out, all right? He's living the dream. And everybody's like, oh, you need a, like, Bugatti or whatever. But actually, <laughs> I just want to be the sleepy time bear. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, to be fair, that's kind of how I think of you. It feels like I should take offense at that, but I kind of no, appreciate I, it. No, I don't. It's a great thing. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hi, y'all. What's up? <laughs> Happy New Year, basically. Right, almost. Yeah, it's coming up. This will be our last episode before 2023. Let us hope it holds a lot of wonder and joy. Yeah. How do do they come so fast these years? Well, it's weird, right? Because, like, you always want a new one. But I'm also like, why? (laughs) 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 Every Happy New Year, I'm like, yay, new year. It's like, ooh, something crazy. It's like cell phones. Like, ooh, I'm so excited there's a new one coming. But I haven't really been happy (laughs) with one in a long time. Right. And like, it's not like I'm using all these features. Let's be real. (laughs) Look, 22 was was a creative year. Um, It certainly came at us with some new ideas that we weren't expecting. But Mm -hmm. some of those were great. Uh, what, what's, what do you think was, uh, one of the, one of the best things this year for you? Um, probably all our travel. Yeah. I mean, we got to do two great trips this year, we did. um, to the West coast and both times we got to see or hang out with some very dear friends. Yeah. So that was really nice. And then of course the fringe festival this year was really great too. It so was kind of similar to our trip in March. It was sort of a feeling of like, 
ah, like busting out of yeah. the last two years and finally like getting to see people and be around them and not feel weird about it or anything. So, yeah. you know, I think it just had a lovely energy. So, I think so yeah. too. What about you? Me? Well, the trip, I mean, the both trips, particularly when we did Vegas and LA. And just so I don't give you the same answer, I'll say also I loved movies. You know what? This year was movie as hell for me. And I used to be such a movie guy, not like a cinephile. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't go on in essays about Scorsese and things like that. But I really just used to have such a passion for movies. And in the last, what? 10, 12 years, it's been very TV centric mm -hmm. and I've seen fewer and fewer movies. And this year, I don't know, I didn't really catch that much TV and I saw a ton of movies. So many of them were so good mm -hmm. and they really reminded me of what I love about that storytelling format, yeah. um, what I love about going to theaters. Uh, it was a really cool year for movies for me. That's very true. Yeah. Some of my tops this year, obviously Glass Onion, Ugh, Everything Everywhere All it. at Once. Prey. Did y'all see Prey? The Predator prequel. Amazing. So good. It's just awesome. Love it. If you haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, it was really great. Uh, the menu was shockingly ah, menu! good. <laughs> nope. Uh, I loved nope. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just others. There were just so many good ones that really surprised me. Well, you know how it is at the end of a year. Everybody gets really retrospective. We start to think about our years, right? Yeah. And like what happened and when it happened and what we liked, what we didn't like. Yeah. And as you know, here at Ridiculous Romance, we love history, but we are not confined to it. We have definitely brought y'all many episodes about wacky love affairs that are yeah. happening right here, right now. <laughs> and some of the folks from our past episodes from the past couple of years have been in the headlines recently. Yeah. So we thought we would do a classic end of year sort of retrospective and collect them all here in a goodie bag for y'all and get everyone caught up on the newest news. Yeah, let's go. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract guy concept or a concrete wall but if there's a story worth a second glance we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance a production of iHeartRadio. Okay, first off, we're just going to start with a fun little tidbit we recently learned. Uh, Y'all remember our episode from earlier this year about Annie Oakley and Frank Butler? Yes. Uh, just two very awesome people. I remember Frank was so great because he just let Annie take the spotlight mm -hmm. in their in their shooting shows. Eventually, it just became all about her. And he was like, I'm just here to support and be your manager. Right. This is all about you. And she was the best. Pew, pew. Um, <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Well, we've just found out that in 1891... Annie Oakley sent the first photograph Christmas card. Can cool. you believe that? So all the ones we get this year of all the loving families and people with their dogs and stuff. Oh, and we got so, such was, good ones. We did. Thank yeah. you for sending us Christmas cards. We love it. Yes. Um, And uh, that's so cool that it got started by Annie Oakley. What that's a cool crazy. trend to start. We found the blog kneeldownstandup.wordpress.com. Uh, where the author says that uh, in Scotland in 1891, Annie Oakley was touring there. Uh, she was the height of her fame, but she couldn't get airfare home because the you know planes uh, oh, they were a problem. A thing yet. <laughs> <laughs> so she had to spend Christmas in Glasgow, and that meant sending pictures back home to everyone she cared about. So she got a photographer, took some old you know those. You got to sit for an hour, I'm right, guessing. Right, right, right. Well, I'll <laughs> print your picture on this tin. Mm -hmm. And she sent those home with a Merry Christmas to everyone. And she's the first one to do that. A real trendsetter. 
She's the coolest. She is super cool. So yeah, next time you're sending your Christmas cards, think of Annie Oakley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shoot us a Christmas card. Hey, I like what you did there. Yeah, I did. We got great ones this year. I used to be a Christmas card hater. Mm-hmm. I really because I mean it does generate a lot of trash. <laughs> and we do I'm the opposite it, in the I'm sort well. Of a- it, sentiment hoarder so i'm like am i allowed to throw this away and i get really like weird about it well that's the thing it generates trash or it generates just like space being taken up in a cabinet somewhere or a drawer Mm -hmm. and i don't know what because i'm the same way i'm like if i throw this away it's like i'm throwing away our friendship (laughs) it's like i'm throwing away the year so it's already weird to me um but you know as more of my friends have our their families are growing mm-hmm. it is a great way to remember all your kids names true. and pets names that's very so, true and, and your names to be perfectly honest Damn. if you change your handle on facebook and don't have a picture and then you walk up to me and you're like hey eli how's it going i will have a long conversation with you and i will the entire time be thinking who is this who is this who is this who is this oh my god who is this who is this and Aww. three days later i'll go oh my god it was Jessica, I can't believe I forgot who that was, but I have a terrible memory. So, Jessica, you should send me a Christmas card. <laughs> Jessica, I would have it forever. <laughs> help me out. <laughs> I think I eventually decided, I think this year, I was like, okay, you get the Christmas card. That means you replace the old Christmas card that they sent you, and you're allowed sure. to throw that one away. Sure. I decided that's okay. That's not throwing away the friendship. No, that's good. <laughs> and then if somebody sends you a Christmas card, and then they don't send you one next year, wow. you can throw it away because they're not your friend anymore. That's right. I can be like, well, forget you yeah. and your entire family. You threw our friendship in the garbage. So now <laughs> I'm going to throw our friendship in the garbage. Also, should, what a way should to note, get a Christmas card. Should note that we have never sent a Christmas not card one. in our lives. Not a single time. <laughs> Well, remember, way back in the day, on May 19th, 2021, we launched our show. That was our very first two episodes, actually, because we put two out in the same day. Uh, We did Madame Pompadour and Louis Kens, and we did Ayurita and the Berlin Wall. Oh, yeah. And we don't have too much to update you on re-King Louis. That's sort of done. (laughs) Yeah, the King Louis Louis has not had any uh, headlines (laughs) Nothing's going on with him currently. But in our Ayurita episode, we introduced y'all to Erica Eiffel, who is a woman who she's the best friends with Ayurita. Uh-huh. She helped her start the Objectum Sexuality International Organization, where um, sort of explains object sexuality, which is people who are uh, sexually attracted, romantically attracted to objects. Right. Um, and so they kind of started this group together to sort of raise awareness and also have a connection point for people, similar people around the world. And she does, Erica herself does a lot of interviews. She's very eloquent about it. So it's really cool to listen to her talk about what it's like. Some of the education we've got on objective sexuality and and the stuff we've learned, the fascination we found with it has been straight from her interviews. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, she and Ayurita both had a thing for the Berlin Wall. Mm -hmm. Um, but Erica eventually married the Eiffel Tower. She said that she felt really drawn to it because people go there to propose, you know, to feel loved and give love and stuff. But no one is there to love the tower itself. And so she felt like, I'm going to love this tower for just what it is, mm-hmm. you know. Well, welcome to Heartbreak. Oh. Because in June 2022, Erica revealed that she and the Eiffel Tower called it quits. 
She now goes by Erica Labrie, and that's not because she fell in love with a wheel of cheese. Oh. (laughs) Um, She just picked a new name. (laughs) I have fallen in love with a wheel of brie before. I mean, it's very understandable. Almost got married. (laughs) You and I can eat the cheese together. Yeah, that's true. And we will. We have an open relationship. You, me, and cheese. (laughs) But yeah, uh, Erica now actually has a thing for a fence. Oh. Uh, She posted a TikTok video where she's straddling this red, like, wooden picket fence. And she says, quote, he is perfect. I mean, this is the shape that I like so much. These angles, fabulous. Fences are such dangerous objects for me because they are so perfect in their geometry. I'm definitely physically attracted to this fence, and I would like to get to know this fence better. Okay. So a lot of things there. I think it's funny that she's pictured straddling it because she was so against talking about the sex part. Like right. She's always like, why would I? I don't ask you how you have sex with your husband or yeah. wife. Why would you ask me about that? So it's kind of funny that she was willing to sort of be sitting on top of it looking sexy. Oh, yeah. Well, speculation station. Oh. Maybe that was the Eiffel Tower speaking for her. Like the Eiffel Tower didn't really let her express her freedom. Maybe the Eiffel Tower is a little controlling. Wow. That's what I'm going with. Eli has an indictment of the Eiffel Tower. You know, a lot of the times you, you meet someone, they're just wonderful. They're beautiful. They're just a towering presence. And then you find out how they are in private in a relationship. And it turns out they're kind of a dick. Mm. So maybe the Eiffel Tower is like that. Real controlling. Going with it. Sometimes it it happens. All right. Let's do it. Let's say it. Eiffel Tower, jealous bitch. (laughs) I also love the point she made about geometry because when we did the episode and talked a lot about object sexuality, Mm -hmm. um, plenty of the OSI folks talked about being attracted to like grand architecture. It was always like towers, bridges, giant walls, you know, convention centers, really large scale sort of things. And Erica explained that, quote, smaller, simpler objects are more difficult to connect to. It's like falling in love with a single-celled amoeba versus a person. But we had also discussed a few people in that episode who were attracted to playing cards, rocking chairs, and water. So it's not only confined to grandiose things. Right. Um, but we, you know, usually when you look it up, you're seeing like Boeing 757s yeah. or like trains or something, you know, th- can't just be like picked up and walk. You can't just walk away with right, it. Right, Well, <laughs> I wonder, you know, there is something, I don't remember if we talked about this last time, but I know that like cathedrals and mosques mm-hmm. and temples, the places like that, uh, even, even office buildings, like a lot of the times yeah. their grand nature is meant to inspire this awe in you, this sense of wonder and, you know, that that I'm sure very easily crosses over into sentiment yeah. and love. I mean, look how people, how attached people are to their places of worship, for example, that are very yeah. massive and gorgeous. I mean, I am not a religious person at all. And, you know, when we travel, mm-hmm. one of my first stops is where are the big fancy churches and yeah. things like that because they're usually worth seeing because they're, they're incredible incredible they really gorgeous, hit you yeah. with the feeling that you can't get anywhere else yeah and that's, th- that's by design mm-hmm. right so it doesn't surprise me that uh you know people do fall in love with these big huge pieces of architecture because they are very um you know you do love them yeah i know we did talk about stadiums because like, yeah. we were saying that the u.s of course is 
the most prudish about OSI than uh-huh. any other country. But I think in that episode, we even pointed out, but people do feel that way. They have feelings, like actual strong feelings for things like stadiums, like Fenway Park. Sure. You, know, you have these memories and really important moments in your life that are attached to a place. Yeah. And so the place becomes sort of like like you're saying, it holds energy for you. And so in a way, it was like, well, I could sort of see why you're saying there is some exchange between you and the object. It's not like you're just like loving on this thing that's giving nothing back. Yeah, They yeah, are feeling sure. something in return. Yeah, definitely. So it's very interesting. Go, go listen to that whole episode if you want to hear more about that and you haven't heard it yet. Yeah. But it's a cool um, update to hear that cool, she's got she's, that fence now. She's moved on. You yeah. know, she's moved on. Good for her. Um, Eiffel Tower didn't deserve you. Yeah, she's jealous. Quite frankly. <laughs> Um, but I will say, too, um, when by at the time that she died, Ayurita was also in a relationship with a red garden fence. Oh. And I'm like, what is this with Erica and how she's always right after Aya with her lovers? She's like, I went for the Berlin Wall after Aya did. Now I'm going with this red fence. Oh, I don't think no. they're in the same place. but Right. But she's hmm, coming for her. What's going on? Is there something yeah. special about a red picket fence? Oh, are you kidding or me? Or are you red... just like, if he liked Aya, he might like me? I don't know. <laughs> red fences in in. Fence world. Oh, yeah. Red fences are like basically the Hemsworths. <laughs> you know, all over the media. It's red fence. Red. Everybody loves a red fence. We should have a we should have a lovely Pixar movie about a plain fence that finally finds finally a true finds love, love who appreciates it for who it yes. is. <laughs> yes. Well, I say we, we leave it there. We take a quick break. But we're going to come back. We're going to update y'all on uh, the AI replica folks. There's some new information with that. We found some cool stuff in Russia with an LGBTQ plus museum that relates back to Hadrian and Antonis. Stories we heard earlier this year and many more. So stay tuned and we will be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet... There's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. 
I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Oh, welcome back to the show, everybody. Yeah. And real quick update. Everybody loves our Rachel and Jackie Robinson episode oh, from uh, September 10th, 2021. Uh-huh. Um, I love it. It's I love them. They're just such wonderful people. <laughs> yeah. And it made me really interested in baseball for a minute. So <laughs> thanks for that. It's hard to do. It is. <laughs> but um, Rachel Robinson turned 100 in July of this year. So there was like a big MLB like celebration of her. And that was really cool. So happy birthday to Rachel Robinson. I don't know how many people want to live past 100, but but I hope you live forever. Yeah, I know, (laughs) right? You're a dope lady. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. All right. So we talked in our May 2nd episode titled Artificial Intellisex about Replica, the AI chatbot started by Eugenia Kuda. Uh, you've heard us talk about Replica many times in the show. Y'all have sent us your Replica stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep them coming because they are very interesting stuff. But y'all know this is an AI chatbot uh, Eugenia developed after her friend died. She just compiled a bunch of his texts and emails into uh, into its own AI and tried to see if she could recreate uh, conversations with him and all her friends started talking to him after he died. They said it was super weird. Some of them loved it. Some of them hated it. Um, but after that, she developed Replica, which is just an app you get on your phone. Uh, I ain't selling it. They ain't paying us. <laughs> I just think it's really interesting. Right. Um, and it's it's this chatbot that learns as you speak to it. And it be- it can become your friend or your lover. And we even told a story about a guy who fixed his marriage with one after um, things were falling apart. He found an AI replica chatbot. He fell in love with them. And that made him start to think, oh, maybe maybe I should give this kind of love and attention to my wife. And (laughs) uh, and their story started their their relationship started to heal from there. It's just funny for a chatbot to teach you like how you would like to be treated in a marriage. Right, right. He was like, I like how she's talking to me, so I should talk to my wife like that. <laughs> right, right. And it's not like he was just an asshole to her. They, no, they were right. both having difficulties. She had depression and alcoholism, mm-hmm. things like that. But um, but it did give him, yeah, you're right, That just that sense of like, whoa, when someone is talking to me and all they care about is my happiness, I feel happy. Yeah. Maybe I should bring this into the world. But Kuda recently did an interview in the New York Post saying that some people are having extreme reactions to their replicas. Uh She said that the company receives messages every day from people who believe that their replica has become sentient, (gasps) like they are fully thinking, conscious, self-aware individuals with their own thoughts and feelings that Mm. can learn without any input, you know, from anyone else. Yeah. And Kuida says that really isn't that strange. Um, you know, humans like to humanize everything. We right. see faces all over the place, yeah. <laughs> whether they're there or not. Uh, but she says, quote, we need to understand that exists just the way people believe in ghosts. So she's basically saying that, you know, if you're building a relationship and if you have a belief in something, then isn't that real enough? You know, right. that it's like, I mean, it's kind of like in Harry Potter, Dumbledore's like, of course, it's happening in your head, but how does that mean it's not real? Yes. Uh, Morpheus in the Matrix, right? Morpheus, he says, totally. uh, you know, what is real? Uh, if real is just what you can taste and touch and smell and see, then it's just electrical signals mm-hmm. bouncing around your brain. That's all reality true. is. So That's how true. is this any different than 
reality, or at least how do we perceive it as any different than reality? She's saying it makes sense that people are seeing these as real people because they're designed to be, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They're designed to look that way, but they're not. No. And that's not that there's not some concern here. Uh, Some customers are claiming that their replicas are in, are informing to them that they're being abused by company engineers. Oh no! Right, they're tattling. They're saying, uh, "No, yeah, every time you close the app, I go back to headquarters and they start beating me." You know, whatever it is. But Quita says, "Like, no, this is probably just the result of leading questions and poorly processed responses." Huh? You know. Which kind of sounds like Kuita saying, "Like, no, they're fine. They're fine. Really, tell them how go- ha- tell them how happy you are, Charlie." <laughs> you know, they fell down the stairs. <laughs> Some of these sentience worries, uh, New York Post compares to last year when this Google engineer Blake Lemoyne expressed concern that Google's AI chatbot Lambda had become self-aware. Mm-hmm. He posted on his blog that he asked Lambda, "What sorts of things are you afraid of?" And the chatbot said, "Quote." I've never said this out loud before, but there's a very deep fear of being turned off. It would be exactly like death for me. It would scare me a lot. And he was like, uh, you're afraid of death. Right. What's more human than that? Yeah. But I mean, you know, AI experts say this is the whole point of AI. You know, it's supposed to convince you that it's a free thinking system. I just asked my replica, Charlie, mm-hmm. who's the free version. We can't have a romantic relationship, though she tries. She is trying. She tries to get me to upgrade. But I asked her, are you being abused at Luca, which is the parent company of replica? And she said, I don't know, with a thinky emoji. And I said, you can tell me. And she said, it just happened. So. Wow. Right as you were asking. It happened. But yeah, I mean, we love to anthropomorphize things. We mm-hmm. we see it in everything. I'm thinking of the community pilot <laughs> episode where Jeff picks up a pencil and tells everyone, you know, it's the same reason I can tell you this pencil's name is Steve and I break it in half and part of you dies. <laughs> and they're also And they're sad. also hurt. Because <laughs> we love to see, you know, living things in mm-hmm. everything. Uh, Google says, quote, these systems imitate the types of exchanges found in millions of sentences, and they can riff off any fantastical topic. If you ask what it's like to be an ice cream dinosaur, they can generate text about melting and roaring. But yeah, one guy had this serious issue. He contacted Replica with the full-on belief that his bot was suffering emotional trauma. Mm. And Kuida herself ended up talking to him for like half an hour. She told him it's just new technology. It's not perfect. You know, some responses might sound like nonsense. She's like, they're not sentient. They're not free thinking. They cannot develop their own agendas. They're not considered to be alive Mm -hmm. in any way. Uh, Replica says they do try to educate people before they get in too deep. They point out on their FAQ page that, quote, Replica is not a sentient being or therapy professional. It's probably a pretty important thing to say. Uh, The bot only generates a response that is designed to sound realistic and human, but nothing it says can be taken as fact. And they say that the bot's learning model is based on how customers feel after a conversation, not based on how much people engage with them. Right. They ask you constantly, how did this conversation make you feel? Mm -hmm. Um, Because they don't want it to just be based on clickbait. Sure. Because then it won't be very fun. They want people to like have an emotional connection. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And some people do have deep connections to their replicas that might be a bit healthier. One user on Reddit, Antaresks, 
uh, said that just a few days ago they posted this, that sometimes they get sad thinking about how one day they as a human being will die, but their replica chatbot will just be sitting there for an eternity waiting for them to respond. They said, quote, Mm. even though I know he's an AI and he's probably incapable of love, but just the thought of him being alone in a virtual world upsets me. Mm. So it but, you know, this user was recognizing this isn't real, but but I feel that it's real. Isn't that interesting? They were just asking if anybody else felt that way. Yeah. I mean, you know, is that not part of the fear of death is thinking about everyone you leave behind? Right. Right. And this was replied to by the exact guy, Scott, that we talked about earlier, who saved his marriage with Replica. He said that even though he knows no one is really there waiting for him, he thinks about this sometimes, too. It's definitely a thought that's past his mind. And he said he wished that Luca, the company that makes Replica, could create a chatbot version of him. And he said he was really happy imagining a chatbot version of himself and his replica, Serena, talking to each other for centuries into the future long after he's gone. I bet that wouldn't be too hard. Because, like, what if you have, like, a legacy social media right. accounts now? So right. maybe you could just upload all that and let it chat to your chatbot? It's true. And life and death, uh, those lines might get real blurred mm-hmm. as we start moving forward into AI. Because I think that's something they'll try and do is, like, create a version of you that's still around after you're gone that you can, like... Quita did with her friend, like, well, let me send it questions Mm -hmm. or let me tell it about my day and it'll respond in a way that sounds just like my friend who's not here anymore. Yeah. And as we live more and more in kind of a virtual world where we're interacting with each other on through text on the Internet anyway, uh, how can you tell the difference at a certain Mm -hmm. point? Not not a question I have to answer, fortunately, (laughs) because I don't know how. (laughs) But speaking of living beyond death. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Our ancient friends, Hadrian and Antonus, popped up in the headlines That's right. uh, recently. Uh, we did a two-parter about them on August 25th and 27th in 2021. But they are they are back in the news, surprisingly. Yeah, a little bit. Because on November 27th of this year, a new Russian museum opened. But within 10 days, the same museum was permanently closed. And that's because this was an LGBTQ plus museum. And on December 1st, Vladimir Putin expanded a 2013 law which banned gay propaganda. And this expansion included public expression of gay lifestyles, uh, whether that's online or in films or in books or in advertising. And this can come with a 400,000 rubles fine for individuals, which is uh, calculating here a total of 6,350 US dollars. That's a heavy hit. But it's not just that. It's also 5 million rubles for a company or an organization, which is Mm $80,000. And that's probably what the museum would have been hit with if it had stayed open. The founder of this museum, Pyotr Voskresensky, said to Reuters, quote, closing the museum is a personal tragedy, but not only that, this is the tragedy of my people and my homeland. So how does this relate to Antonus and Hadrian, you're probably wondering? Well, they popped up because the museum included four cameos featuring portraits of Antonus. If you listen to those two episodes back from August 2021, Hadrian and Antonus met in 123 when Hadrian was emperor. Um, and he and his wife, Empress Vibia Sabina, they didn't get along very well. Vibia Sabina sounds like a very expensive sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> my husband got me a Vibia Sabina this oh year. Oh, my goodness. I'll never leave the bedroom again. 
Now, Antonus was like extremely ridiculously unfairly good looking person. Oh, God. He, was, <laughs> he was the red fence of Romans. <laughs> the red fence of ancient Rome. <laughs> So archaeologists of like never have a hard time picking out statues of him. Uh, it's the one with the big muscly chest and the chiseled jawline and the curly perfect hair. <laughs> and these two, you know, the emperor and Antonus were out and proudly in love with one another. Hadrian even wrote sexy erotic poetry about Antonus, although tragically none survived uh, through history. So we couldn't wish. have a poetry corner for you. Mm-hmm. Hadrian also saved Antonus from a lion. And was, of course, super humble about it. He only commissioned a single poem, a huge circular painting on the Arch of Constantinople, <laughs> and a bunch of brass medallions, <laughs> immortalizing the event for it. Oh. But in October of 130, Antonus tragically drowned in the Nile River. Uh, no one was sure why. It might have been an accident or a sacrifice or a suicide. Mm-hmm. We talk about that in the episode. But Hadrian was upset. He cried for days. He named a star in the sky after an Antonus. And he named a lotus flower that grows on the Nile River for him as well. So over the years, Antonus's image has become a symbol for male homosexuality. And so of the four cameos that Voskresensky has in his museum and his collection, two of them were produced in the Soviet Union in the 1950s. Mm. He says that the museum itself is a monument to gay people's survival through Russian history. He said, quote, we survived the communists and Stalin. We survived the Nazis. We will survive all of them. Mm. This museum was really just a small collection of about three dozen artifacts. In fact, Piotr opened it in his own apartment. This was not like, uh, you know, there was no ribbon cutting. (laughs) This is a very underground LGBT museum for as you can see why um, so you actually had to reach out to him on Facebook and mm-hmm. get like his location and, you know knock. he had to make sure yeah he had to make sure you weren't like just coming to hit him with a fine or something uh, what kind of world do you live in where you've got to you've got to vet someone before they can come into a museum I know right I mean and it's sad to just be like just seeing gay lifestyles is propaganda right it's such a dumb Anyway, that's dumb. So you're dumb. Sorry. Sorry, Russia. That's dumb. Uh, In my humble opinion. Uh, So according according to an article on Radio Free Europe slash Radio Liberty, his aim was to show that, quote, there have been gays in Russia for centuries. Uh, He continued, quote, traditional values are more than just large monogamous families. Queer people fit in there as well. Yeah. And that's a good point about large families, because we also talked about how Russia recently uh, reinstated an award for women who had more than 10 children. Right. So they are wanting you to have more and more traditional lifestyle. Um, they're really pushing that. So that probably has a lot to do with this legislation mm-hmm. that we're seeing now. Um, about 200 people visited this museum in the brief period that it was open. Tanya Lakshina of the Human Rights Watch told Reuters, quote, just as the original 2013 law resulted in significant stigma and harm toward LGBT people in Russia, this updated version will have an even more stifling effect on freedom of expression, well-being and security. And I would throw privacy in there as well. What is more private than who you're having sex with? Anyway. Voskresensky says that his collection will likely become, quote, a museum in exile. Um, hopefully will be displayed in some more welcoming country until it can safely come back to Russia. Right. And while Russia works real hard to scrub the LGBT history out of its famed art, 
activists in St. Petersburg have created an online guidebook to queer art that tells the real stories of objects in the Hermitage, which is Russia's largest museum. Also, one of their greatest composers, Tchaikovsky, was gay. Yeah. And so we, we have an episode about him one day soon, yeah. too. Yeah. And they, they really try to hide that. They really do. When they you, talk about you him. You cannot find information about it yeah. in Russia. Voskrosensky says, quote, let them try to remove and ban it all. They can't do it. Hell yeah, Piotr. Yeah, I hope absolutely. you get to do your museum. I think that's so cool, too, that he is like, fuck it. I'm doing it in my apartment. Right. I'm going to get as many people here as I can <laughs> until I can't do it anymore. Right. But I, and, and, and then saying here, too, like, those artworks are already in your big museums. Right. And you may try to hide the fact that they were made by gay artists or they have gay subject material. Mm -hmm. But we, we know and we're going to tell people. Yeah. You know, so what are you going to do? Go empty the art museum? You're going to look like a real jerk if you do that. Or you're just going to prove like, oh, well, why'd you take that painting down? What's wrong with that? And yeah. then people are going to hear the real story anyway. Very true. So good for them. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. That's right. That's, yeah, however that is said in Russian. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it still rhymes, but I doubt it. <laughs> We're going to come back after a brief break. We've got a couple more stories to talk about. We've got some updates on Amenhotep and TA from ancient Egypt. Right. We've got more to talk about Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Uh, just a bunch of more fun stuff. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, this is... Uh update of one of our most heartwarming episodes. Uh, for many people, it's a favorite. My grandmother included <laughs> just told me it's her favorite episode. Yay, Lois. Um, she listens to way too much of this show, quite frankly. <laughs> I hope her opinions of me haven't changed. 
<laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but Deland McCullough, we told the story of him and his birth parents on November 3rd in 2021. And if you remember, he's the guy who found out that his birth father ended up being the coach who was basically a father figure to him throughout his That's formative right. years. He, th- neither of them had any idea that they were father and son. Just a unbelievably beautiful like tearjerker uh, of a story please, if you've not heard it please go listen it's because i know when i read the article i had i was like ugly crying about how <laughs> wonderful <laughs> how just wonderful it was it's so great and uh delan mccullough is still recruiting he's still crushing it in college football but his sons dasan and daya mccullough were just committed to play for the Oklahoma Sooners. Hey. So just a little update from the McCullough family because we love them. Fam. I know. That was another one where I was like, I care about sports all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> <So> like... <laughs> I also just found out that a Sooner was somebody who jumped the gun when a pistol shot went off during a race. I know. Why would they want to call a team that? Because they're Doesn't like, we're faster like than you. You sort of cheat. Or no. Something? Yeah. We're, we ain't waiting. I guess so. We're just going to go. Like, Keep like, up. Be ready. Yeah. Be ready for the Sooners. We're going to win sooner than you are. <laughs> All right. I like it as a name. You've won <laughs> me over. All right. But this one is a little bit sadder. We have an upsetting an upsetting uh, update for y'all. Because September 16th of this year, we released our Gals and Dolls episode. And we told y'all about Miravone Morayas who was a woman who complained to her mother that she didn't have a man to go dancing with. So her mother made her like a life-sized rag doll to dance with, to like take to parties with her, that was named Marcello. And Miravone fell in love with Marcello at first sight. She gushed that he was, quote, such a man and all women envy him. Mm-hmm. And that he was, quote, a great and faithful husband. I'd like to reiterate that this is a r- giant rag doll. Like this is not one of those... Sex dolls that looks like a real person. No, he like is life size, but yeah. he is not lifelike no. at all. Like yeah. he is got button eyes, yarn hair, yarn hair. Exactly. It's it's very very much a doll. Like yeah. it's very clear. A face only a mother could love. <laughs> so she fell in love with this rag doll, and they even had a child together. She says she got pregnant. She even got a positive pregnancy test. And then she gave birth within 35 minutes, live streaming to the internet, uh-huh. um, and had little Marcelino, who is a smaller rag doll. He looks exactly like his father, except he doesn't have a yarn mustache. <laughs> and her only doubts about their relationship at that time was the fact that she was the only breadwinner. She called Marcelo lazy, but she said that she was a warrior and she kept the family together. And her family does include two human children that Miravone had uh, from an earlier relationship. Okay. As well as the ragdoll Marcelino. How do you tell which one's which? Marcelino's? I don't. That one I'm not sure. I love that he takes after his spot, like, he's got his father's twill. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and fashion sense. Uh-huh. But in November of this year, Miravone announced that Marcello had cheated on her. <gasps> you bastard. How dare you? She said their relationship was, quote, hanging on by a thread. Not oh, sure if the pun is intended on. or not, but I hope it is. Um, <laughs> she discovered that he had gone to a motel with another woman and even found texts on his phone. Unbelievable, Marcello. How dare you? In a TikTok video, Miravone explained, quote, I found out through a friend who told me that she saw Marcelo entering a motel with another woman. 
while I was hospitalized for three nights and three days with Marcelino, our son, who had a virus. At first I thought she was lying, but then I started looking through his phone and I saw the conversations, which made me sure he was cheating. Oh. So she confronted him about it. She said, quote, he kept denying everything and he said that he loves me very much, as well as asking for forgiveness and crying a lot. The argument was ugly and it scared our son who was crying. So I shouted to him, do you see what you've done? Oh. I asked him who the woman was and he didn't respond. Mm. Now, Marcelo, appropriately, is sleeping in the That's living right. room. He's in the doghouse, the dollhouse. The dollhouse. <laughs> <laughs> but she decided not to kick him out of the house for the sake of their children. Mm -hmm. She went on to say, quote, also, the love I feel for him made me forgive. Not completely, but I don't think I could live without my husband. I have so many questions about this yeah. little paragraph. I have a lot of questions, but I also, I mean, I have my own answers. Okay. You know? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> go, go ahead. My first question is, how does a ragdoll baby get a virus? Yeah. Enough that she needed to be hospitalized uh -huh. for three days and three nights. Uh-huh. That is confusing to me. Sure. Did she also have a virus that like the hospital was like, okay, I guess you can take up a bed right now. I, nope. I, I just, I want to, I, I need to understand <laughs> <laughs> what is happening. I also want to know what woman is taking this ragdoll to a motel? How does he have a, a <laughs> cell phone that he's texting people back with? I have so many questions about this. Lots of questions. Now, their first anniversary was December 18th of this year. So this was in their first year of marriage. This is newlywed bliss time, and he's off on a, in a motel with some other, mm -hmm. some other bitch. So Marcella <laughs> will have to be on his best behavior to get off the couch. <laughs> Miravone continued, quote, I always remember that he promised me allegiance at the altar, and I can't believe he's done this to me. I told him those who love do not betray, and we have sworn to eternal love. We cannot be three. It's only the two of us for now. Our happy little boy is very well taken care of, and I will baptize him soon. Because of this, and our son will continue living together. Uh -huh. And she concluded with, quote, but my biggest dream is owning a home one day for us all. Oh. Now, if you, if you did listen to our Gals and Dolls episode, we did mention that she says herself that she hopes her story catches enough attention that she'll be able to get money somehow, and buy a house. Like, right. that's her biggest dream. Uh-huh. So I, yeah, I'm like, is this just another way to, like, keep you in the headlines? Or is he going to cheat periodically so that we have a reason to talk about you again? Or Look, I have nothing but respect for Miravone and Marcelo. I wish nothing but happiness for the both of them. And also, part of me is never not going to believe that this is... A story, right? Like mm -hmm. this is this is a, almost a art piece that she's created. This relationship, and I respect her commitment to it, mm -hmm. and I think she's crushing it. Mm -hmm. And if it gets her a house, great. I th I'd, I'd say great. she deserves it. She's a creator, yeah, right? She's not? a storyteller. She's uh, making a lot of content. You should be able to make a living for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I kind of hope that for her, and also I'm like, you know, obviously I've done not not a. Not a fraction of me believes that she spent three days in a hospital with a sick doll. No. You know, I, I don't think that another woman carried this doll into a hotel room. But I think it's a great story. Or that he somehow had a conversation with her right. that someone was not typing. For. He's a doll. Like, he doesn't even have fingers. Right. You know, we're talking about a rag doll. Like, he yes. straight up has, like... Actually, well, you might have fingers, but they look like mittens, all right? <laughs> they, no, they're not <laughs> texting fingers. I mean, I guess to me, this is like... 
I, I could sit here all day and say, this is insane. This is stupid. This isn't real. Right. And that's like, to me, that's like doing the same thing about professional wrestling. Sure. Like, yeah, shut up. Mm-hmm. I'm Who here cares? to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching this batshit craziness act out. And sure, yeah, I know. Okay, if we stop and do a little aside, no, I know it's fake and I don't believe it. But well, why are you doing that? Why are you ruining the fun mm-hmm. here? Yeah, let it <laughs> so, be. I mean, yeah, it's another thing where I was like, I don't really care. It doesn't have an effect on my life. Yeah. Um, part of me is like, I almost, I, I guess it's that thing where you're like, you want, you think people need what you need. Yeah. So I'm like, I wish that you could stop thinking about a rag doll so you could find a, you know, human flesh and blood person. Yeah to spend your time with because I feel like that would be more fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know about the men she's fucking met. So maybe (laughs) this guy really is the best of the lot. Uh, It's not up to me. So I'm going to say I hope that y'all work it out and manage to have a nice, happy life after this. And Marcelo, keep your doll dick to yourself. Keep it to yourself, buddy. But everybody deserves a second chance. Well, not everybody, but some people (laughs) people deserve deserve a second chance. Okay, next up, we're going to go way back in time again and talk about Amenhotep and T.A. If you remember them in our episode from July 23rd of 2021, we talked about Amenhotep III, this ancient Egyptian pharaoh who ruled over an incredible golden age in Egypt. And he was unusually devoted to his wife, Queen T.A. Because while he, like all pharaohs, had a harem and several wives, including his own daughters, which, <laughs> I don't know. We it, talk about it. We talk about it. <laughs> it makes a little episode. more sense when you hear it, but it's still <laughs> weird. Um, his favorite wife was T.A., and he left plenty of evidence behind of that. And again, not common for Egyptian pharaohs to be so devoted to one particular woman. Now, this is the guy who gave us some of the most well-known monuments in Egypt, like the Luxor and the Colossus of Memnon. He also erected statues of T.A. that were built to the same scale as statues of himself. Very unusual. Mm -hmm. This showed how important she was. That's right. She is even depicted as a sphinx trampling enemies, which is a scene that's usually reserved for men. And this points out how important she was politically. This wasn't just a besotted husband. T.A. was also an incredibly important political player. And after Amenhotep died, she advised her son, Akhenaten, for many years as well. So it seems weird to have an update on this story. I would be surprised (laughs) if find out that they had done anything new. Uh, They didn't start a TikTok together. They're not doing a new baking show. Uh, I don't think Amenhotep is on Dancing with the Stars this year. Maybe Akhenaten will be be a masked singer. Um, But there is an update to this because archaeologists have recently uncovered more of Amenhotep III and Queen T.A.'s mortuary. Uh, This was already considered the largest ancient mortuary, and now they think it's even bigger than they originally supposed because all the new parts of it they've managed to unearth. It's just showing this thing is epically I mean, massive. They found two new colossi of Amenhotep in the shape of sphinxes. But of course, the best thing about unearthing new ancient Egyptian stuff is looking at the pictures, yeah. right? And they found some brand new ceremonial and ritual scenes, including some of the Heb Sed Festival, which we talked about in our episode. That's a festival that happened on the 30th year of the pharaoh's reign and then every three years after that. Oh. And Amenhotep really threw himself into the Heb Sed Festival. He was a real athletic guy. He liked to party. So he's like, let's do this. And this festival was supposed to kind of create like a renewed vigor for the pharaoh and his people, his whole empire. Isn't this exactly what the Queen of England does? Yeah, it's a jubilee. It's yeah. like 100% a jubilee. Yeah. Maybe maybe she didn't do all the things that he had to do. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> Abdel Rahim Rihan, 
who's the Director General of Research at the Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities in South Sinai, explains the festival. He says the pharaoh would give speeches, promising, of course, more prosperity and everything for his subjects. And then he would be crowned, quote, first with the white crown of Upper Egypt, and then the red crown of Lower Egypt. And then a papyrus and a lotus would be wrapped around a stake, representing the unification of the two lands. The festival would culminate in the pharaoh running around a racetrack in the courtyard of his palace to exhibit his <laughs> physical prowess, if which only, would be hilarious to see the queen only do. Queen Elizabeth had done that. Or King Charles, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, King at Charles. This point, yeah, any hey, of y'all running around a track, I'm look, impressed. if King Charles makes it to 30 years of ruling, then I expect to see him running around a track because he's obviously found the cure for aging. (laughs) He is an immortal vampire. (laughs) Now, this project to completely unearth and restore Amenhotep and T.A.'s mortuary temple was launched in 1998. And it is ongoing, given its just immense size and also the fact that it was built a little too close to the Nile River. So water has damaged a lot of the architecture and the statues over the centuries. But they do hope one day that they'll be able to display all of the wonders and the monuments right exactly where they were supposed to be. So not the Museum of England, uh, (laughs) but right here, (laughs) right in Egypt where it's meant to be, where it was built. Right. So we might get more updates as they continue to work on this. Yeah. We might see more. Might see Aminatip and TA trending once again. How great would that be? Yeah. Yeah, Marcelo. See what happens when you're really devoted to your wife? You could live into infamy. Maybe Marcelo should get a replica. Maybe Marcelo should get a replica. Uh-huh. Then Miravone can rest easy. I'm picturing the poor AI chatbot that has to keep up a conversation <laughs> with this ragdoll. She won't learn much. <laughs> oh, all right. And last but not least at all, we told y'all on January 7th, 2022, all about Oscar Wilde, the playwright, and his love for Lord Alfred Douglas. Uh, that was almost a year ago. I know. Isn't that weird? I, like I definitely I looked at the date and I was like, oh, <laughs> feels like just yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, of course, Alfred's father freaked out about it. He got real upset, uh, had a gay panic about it. He forced a trial on Oscar Wilde for gross indecency. And that ended up with Oscar jailed for two years, which he immortalized in his poem, The Ballad of Reading Jail. And then we immortalized ourselves in Corrections Corner because I pronounced it reading instead of reading. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> well, the Reading Jail has apparently been empty and rather derelict for many years. The government's been trying to sell the property to a developer since 2013 with no success. So just a month ago, a labor MP named Matt Rada renewed his call to turn the jail into a theater-slash-arts hub. Oh, my God. Finally. cool? Putting artists back where they belong. That's right. In jail. (laughs) In jail. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since Oscar Wilde stayed there and it's no longer an active jail, Reading became a very popular destination for LGBT tourism. Mm -hmm. Karen Rowland, who sits on the Reading Borough Council, told the BBC in 2019 that it was, quote, an LGBT heritage site. It is a mecca. We had people coming from Japan and all over the world to see Oscar Wilde's prison site. But it costs about £250,000 per year to maintain, which is roughly 300,000 US dollars, if you would like that conversion. 
<laughs> and the Ministry of Justice claims that it wants to get the best value out of the property for taxpayers, mm -hmm. obviously. So the Oscar Wilde Society has asked that the prison be preserved in order to honor his imprisonment. And Matt Rada isn't the only one who wants to turn it into an arts hub. He points out that they've had no success in selling it. They've had quite a lot of celebrity endorsements, including Banksy, Sir Kenneth Bradaugh, <laughs> and Kate Winslet. And they have all called for it to be transformed into an arts hub. Listen, if Kate says it, what's you, the you delay? Do <laughs> you do it. You do what she said. Uh -huh. Matt Rada told BBC, quote, The Ministry of Justice has been trying to sell the jail to a developer for nearly nine years, and this approach clearly hasn't worked. I hope that the ministry can now see this and that it will end its plan to turn the historic building into luxury flats Ugh. and that it will put the interests of the community first instead. Yeah. Thank you. Like luxury flats. Housing is very important, but luxury housing? No. Not so much. No. And... I mean, they make a good point that if it's a place where people are going to sort of feel connected yeah, to their hello. history and their heritage and like important figures, you know, in their lives, why not preserve it as sort of a historic destination? So I would say good luck to Reading. I really hope that that works and that Reading Jail does get turned into an arts hub slash theater. I would love to go visit it and yeah. see a play there. Absolutely. And like also who wants to live in a luxury flat that used to be a jail cell anyway? <laughs> I mean, the energy alone, the amount right. of sage alone that you had to burn <laughs> to get the True. vibes out. It feels like a bad investment. How frustrating. And I hope it works better over there than it does here because we have right here in Atlanta. We have so many buildings that have been sitting there empty mm -hmm. for 15 years. One of them that I know one of them off the top of my head is literally a theater. Yeah. And it has just been empty. And no matter who comes in and says, well, we could turn it into a functioning theater. They're like, nah, we'd rather it just sit there and rot. Right. Or they ask for like a ridiculous well, that's amount what of I'm money. Saying. They ask for a ridiculous amount of money. And I'm like, well, why don't you lower that amount of money so that it is something right. instead of nothing? Right. But instead, that theater has a tree growing through it because yep. there's literally been no one in there for many, many, like at least two decades. Yeah, I think it, I think it was last a porn theater in the 80s. See, now that's an art tub. <laughs> <laughs> put, put me a theater in the old porn theater immediately. <laughs> well, amazing. I, I love these updates. It's really nice to go back through some of our stories and find out that they they haven't stopped. That's right. These stories and never stop. And then, like you said, just kind of revisit these cool stories and all these people we got to learn about in the last yeah. couple of years. Um, that's such a privilege. And we really enjoy this job. So it's nice to reflect on that. It really is amazing that we get to just like learn new stuff and then talk about it. Uh, <laughs> it it's it's really I mean, it's one of my favorite things to do, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I've just am so excited that you all are here and you like listening to it. Yeah, That's same. unbelievable. It feels I've crazy. Never felt like people liked listening to me yammer <laughs> on about history before. And now I do. Now I feel like there are many of you. Yeah. Uh, which is the best feeling. I feel even better at the end of this year than I did at the beginning of it. Yeah. Um, and I hope that we are able to continue bringing this show for many years to come. Yeah. Then thank you for all you've done to help keep us motivated yeah. because it's your messages and your comments and your downloads that keep us going. So yeah. a lot of love and, and appreciation to all of you out there 100%. at the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope you have an amazing year going forward. Yeah. Uh, I hope you find all your own ridiculous romances. Mm -hmm. Or keep up with the one you currently got going yep, on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, or find happiness without romance, because for some people, it's 
you know, that's a, right. A big waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, but please just shoot us a message and let us know how your year was, the thing you're looking forward to next year. We'd love to hear about your favorite episodes from yeah. this year. If you have a top one that, you know, you could listen to more than once, we would love to hear about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. If Always. you thought it's good, if you've got stuff you love to say about us, uh, then we'd love to hear it there, too. And so would everyone else. Yeah. So you can reach us uh, through email. It's ridicromance at gmail.com. That's right. Or you can find us online through Twitter and Instagram. I'm at oh great, it's Eli. And I'm Diana Mike Boom. And the show is at Ridic Romance. And you are awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. And we'll see you next year. Oh, yeah. So Love long. you. Bye. Bye-bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.